Hello, and welcome to Accountability Talks with AGA. I'm your host, Paul Marshall. Today, we're speaking with Phil Terones. He works at the Bureau of Land Management, and he wrote an article recently in the AGA Journal about technology business management, TBM. So we're going to talk to him about that framework, basically an introduction, and uh, hopefully spark everybody's interest in the subject. So now let's talk with Phil. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Very happy today to have with us Phil Terones. And uh, I reached out to Phil because he actually wrote an article in the AGA Journal a little while back about about TBM, which is our topic today. So, uh, Phil, why don't you introduce yourself? Uh, sure. Um, well, first, thanks for having me on, Paul. Uh, I'm Phil Terones, and I work for the Bureau of Land Management, which is a subcomponent of the Department of Interior. Um, and I'm glad to, hear you. glad to be here. Thank you. Absolutely. And tell us a little bit about, you know, uh, your interest in TBM. Why is this a subject that you're uh, interested in? Sure. So um, I guess, that, you know, I mainly got interested through my work and uh, I've worked my entire federal career uh, at the BLM in different positions in government financial management. So I've been, you know, a staff accountant, a systems accountant. But about three and a half years ago, I took a career leap of faith into IT. And I say leap of faith because I'm not an IT guy. Right? I don't know anything about data centers or IT security, but I was brought into my current position because there are uh, I, uh, financial reporting requirements in IT that is separate from financial statement creation. And once I joined my, my current position, I learned there's a much bigger world that I didn't know existed that included requirements from the Clear Cohen Act of the Torah and basically all this different legislation that all governs what we're required to report uh, to the public for federal IT spending. And about this time, <clears throat> OMB introduced uh, requirements for technology business management reporting, which is what introduced me to TBM and how it relates to the government. So if you don't mind, could you, so this is the, the purpose of this podcast is just kind of educate folks on the basic, you know, framework of TBM. Maybe can you just start off by telling our audience, you know, what exactly is technology business management? What is this framework? What is this concept? Can you kind of give us a little bit about that? Sure. So TBM is a framework for delivering IT cost transparency and enabling decision making. So similar to how as accountants, we have generally accepted accounting principles, TBM provides something similar in IT <clears throat> by creating the standards and definitions of how to categorize, track, and understand IT financial data. And TBM does this by aligning different programs and areas by combining three layers, the finance view, the IT view, and the business view. And the TBM taxonomy itself, I really think of as just kind of like a dictionary where it defines the attributes within the three layers. And then there's also a TBM model that enables allocations from the lowest layer, 
which is typically your general ledger, to the upper layers, where each layer of the model ties and drills to the other layers and provides a comprehensive view of your IT management, whereas I think in a lot of organizations, what they do is they're siloed and then they sub-optimize their organization. So, you know, we have our finance guys over here and we'll sub-optimize that and we'll sub-optimize our IT group over here. And really what TBM is just trying to do is <clears throat> provide a common lexicon so that each of these different areas can communicate and collaborate more effectively and you have a more holistic view of your IT management. Yeah, and actually, uh, why don't we talk a little bit, just to clarify a little bit about those three layers again. So you said there's the finance view, an IT view, a business view. Maybe you could just give us a little more detail, like a couple of bullets on what, what each of those entail and, and how, how this layering concept you know works. Sure. So there's the three views. So if you ever did like, you know, an internet search and looked for, you know, the TBM model, you'd see that finance view on the bottom, the IT view in the middle, and the business view on the top. And the finance view is the foundation of the model because it's on the bottom. <clears throat> and it consists of uh, cost pools, which is the TBM attribute for basically just what is your financial category of spending, right? Is it a hardware, software purchase? facilities and power. And this is the area that aligns to your general ledger. And by aligning it to your GL, it gives you an auditable way to communicate the financial implications of your transaction. So for example, um, if you had a transaction with a specific GL or a budget object class, and you can align that uh, to a non-capitalized purchase or non-capitalized uh, software hardware purchase uh, and you group it by a cost pool in that manner, then what you're doing is you're unlocking that insight for users that aren't experts in the GL or accounting so they can see your various breakdowns of your IT spend. So that's, that's the finance model and probably the one that most people on the podcast would be most familiar with. Uh, the second part of the model that's in the middle is the IT view. And it's made up of what they call towers and sub-towers. And these are the attributes that define the technology building blocks of your organization that enables the mission. So this is things like your data centers, your IT security, your, uh, your storage, your network. And then there's also sub-towers that breaks those down into more detail. So you can tell not just how much we're planning or spending in our network tower, but how much of that component is internet costs versus voice costs. And then the third and the final layer is the business layer. And this defines the services and capabilities that you're providing to these cost pools and towers. So, uh, you know, are you getting some type of client computing service? Are you getting communication and collaboration tools for these hardware and software? Are you getting some type of security service like identity and threat management tools? So, you know, to kind of to bring it all together, if you had a $100 transaction, right, you'd need to identify $100 worth of cost pool or the financial category, $100 of technology or the IT view, and $100 of services and capabilities or the business view. 
for the same transaction. So for the same hundred bucks, you're getting three different views, but important views, right? Because if you want to have uh, context and the different perspectives that you need to have value conversations across different lines of business, you kind of need different perspectives. And to have, you know, big conversations at an organization, like, you know, how are we going to invest in our innovation and how are we going to be more flexible? Uh, <clears throat> so we have agility to, to modernize, you know, those are decisions and information that not one person usually has, at least not easily. And usually you want perspectives and experience and knowledge from different stakeholders. You know, you want your IT folks to tell you if, if the technology is secure. You want your, your mission folks to tell you if it's cost or your, your finance folks to tell you if it's cost competitive and you have the budget for it. And you probably want your mission folks to tell you if it meets your program needs. And so really, I kind of think of it just like a Rosetta Stone that <laughs> translates uh, IT budget and mission speak so they can uh, collaborate more effectively. Yeah, that's a great explanation. Um, and actually kind of goes into my next question. So, you know, TBM has been used out there for a while in the commercial world. It seems like it's a little newer in the government space. Um, but, you know, how do you feel that TBM fits into a government IT decision-making world? Is, is it a good, is it a good uh, concept that's, that's been able to translate into government pretty well? Or what do you think? Yeah, I, I mean, I think so. I mean, like a lot of initiatives in government, you know, it kind of, I think, started in the private sector and was kind of identified as a as an industry best practice and worked its way over to the government sector. Um, I think how it fits in with government specifically is as a requirement from the the president's management agenda or the PMA. So there is a right now a cross agency priority goal to improve IT cost transparency. Uh, and there's also a federal data strategy by OMB that you you know a lot of people may be familiar with. And it's more all-encompassing than just IT or TBM, but the federal data strategy, I think, does uh, overlap, certainly, with the, the TBM initiative. So, you know, there's a variety of different, um, I think, legislation with the PMA, the data strategy, a couple OMB circulars. So on the federal level, there is a mandate um, to do some form of TBM reporting, I think, everywhere. Um and I think currently every federal agency is doing some form of TBM reporting. And by 2022, um, I think it's expected to increase. Um, for, for state and local uh, governments, I think it you know, obviously varies a lot more. Uh, but I do know there's a lot of early adopter states. I know Washington State, if you look online, you know, they've been very active uh, with TBM. But I think beyond compliance, you know, the root issue of why, you know, TBM is required in the first place and it's fit in government is a few years ago uh, during the 2017 president's budget, 84% of the total federal IT budget was categorized as other and not tied to a specific category of spend. And uh, when you consider the, the government as a whole spends, you know, billions annually on IT, I think that's where it became more of a priority to get insight into the spending. Um, and so 
you know, I think the fit with government is really specific to uh, transparency and providing transparency to the public about where and when we spend our IT dollars. Right. And, and just digging into that, the cap goal a little bit more. So again, so that goal is to improve our you know business financial and acquisition outcomes through federal IT cost transparency. And it definitely sounds like TVM would be able to help you with that. I guess, I mean, in your opinion, what is the most direct way that TBM helps us to, to move towards that goal? I mean, is it basically looking at everything through those three layers and tying all your dollars together, finance, IT, and business to, to basically justify all those things together? Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, what TBM really is designed to help with and why it's in the PMA is to provide a mechanism to obtain the transparency that's the goal of the PMA. And, you know, if we do meet the PMA objectives and we have a better idea of where we plan and spend IT dollars, you know, that yields a lot of benefits. You know, with that, you know, it makes it easier to find cost and scope creep if it exists. It would help us have insight into when we can accelerate, decelerate or retire applications. You know, certainly would give us a greater understanding of the total cost of supporting our technologies. You know, I think a lot of times when we think about, you know, purchasing something, and especially in IT, there tends to be a focus on the direct cost. Like, yeah, this this thing here is going to cost, you know, X amount. And oftentimes it's a lot harder to see the indirect cost associated with it. Like, okay, once we have it, you know, how much does it cost to maintain it? How much does it cost to provide security for that system? And if we have TBM data at our disposal, I think it makes it easier to see the impacts of that hardware or software to our services, which gives us a better idea of our return on investment. And so I think TBM can help, you know, with insights into transparency, which is the main goal of the PMA, but I think more importantly, you know, it helps with insights that are actionable, right? How can we get to the point where we can make trade-off decisions based on our consumption and cost, right? How can we manage our risk and performance based on our mission and the organization's goals? Absolutely. So actually, just a little off-the-cuff question here, but... Um... You know, I was curious as far as how, how you've seen this at, at your agency or other agencies, um, as far as like the practical implementation of TBM, are there templates and things, you know, like for project management, for example, the PMBOK, they talk about, you know, you have a project management plan, a, a project charter, a stakeholder analysis, you know, does TBM have similar tools or how is it that you are able to implement it at your agency, you know, from the guidance? Is there anything like that? You know, I think it's going to vary a lot from agency to agency, probably. Um, I think certainly what it helps with the most is at first with transparency, um, getting a better understanding of cost drivers, and then kind of probably varies place to place. The model itself is kind of, you know, a, a shared tool, but people use the model even differently, right? You can align your cost to your general ledger differently to get an idea of the impact of certain transactions to your services, but it probably varies, you know, based on how good your data is, um, what your mission is, and how you're using TBM at the moment. And I think, uh, so the model would be the thing that's probably common, but even within the model, there's some variability. You know, some people probably align costs based on allocations, 
or maybe you know how much you're spending on certain hardware and you're able to work with subject matter experts to make your best estimation of the impact uh, on each of the services and you can distribute. Others can probably have used consumption data to look at utilization server rates and things like that and get kind of a more you know precise understanding. So um, probably not a one size fits all, but I think really what TBM's trying to do is not really provide a solution itself, but give you the tools to find the best solution for the agency. Right. Makes sense. Yeah. And that's what a framework is meant to do. So, um, so just a couple more questions for you. Um, just high level, you know, have you seen any, um, you know, kind of barriers perhaps to agencies implementing or government in general implementing TBM? Oh, sure. You know, I think, you know, it's certainly not a magic wand, you know, one of these things where we say, hey, we're on TBM now and, and things just start happening. I think it's, there definitely is, I think, some some barriers that, that are, you know, should be considered. I think, you know, the first one is, you know, it takes a team effort to implement TBM because you are working with different lines of business. It does have a lot of stakeholders that are impacted and you would really need to have engagement from a variety of different parts of the organization. So I think, you know, that, that, that is a barrier, um, but I think it's one that could be overcome, you know, especially with strong executive buy-in, I think is really important and preferably um, cross-executive sponsorship, um, particularly from the CIO side and the CFO side, um, as I think they're, they're the most affected. Um, I think, you know, another barrier that comes to mind is just organizational change management issues, you know, because so many are affected and you, you want engagement from different stakeholders, but you know, everyone still has their day job. There are things, you know, other critical priorities in contracting and in budgeting outside of TBM. And so I think, you know, just um, getting people engaged and seeing how uh, communicating how it impacts their work is really important. Um, and also I think time management to overcome that barrier to make sure that any TBM adoption is done incrementally and you're not undermining any efforts for other critical needs uh, that you have, you know, would help with that barrier. And I think the other one that, that I see as a, as, a, as a barrier and it doesn't come up very often um, is if an organization has a, uh, a lack of accurate or reliable data and you know, I, I think no organization has perfect data everywhere. Everywhere everywhere has a gap somewhere. And even if you do have great data in most places, if there are gaps, I think people might be reluctant to use the TBM model or, you know, even – so – or even potentially disclose they have gaps in data because I think that's a bit of a – human nature, you know, no one wants to admit, you know, areas where they're not as good. And I think the important thing is to acknowledge that that is um, something that can exist and to uh, use this as an opportunity, right, where it's not just a barrier, but this is a chance to take a look internally, you know, assess where we're good, assess where the data is not as good, and to mature the, the weaker areas so that we close what data gaps we have which is efforts that are going on right now, not just for TBM purposes, but in a lot of different places, people are doing data roadmaps due to 
a lot of uh, effort in that area. Area, and and also looking at areas where we do have good data and leveraging it and automating it and seeing how we can align it to the TBM lexicon and start using TBM at first for transparency and then maybe build uh, towards a more decision-making tool. Um, you know, I think those would be things that take effort and under barriers, but they're things I think that can be overcome. Right. Well, let's, send, let's send us out here on a good note. You were kind of starting on the path here, but uh, why don't you give us some of, in your opinion, some of the, the greatest benefits that uh, agencies can get from implementing TBM? Sure. Well, I think, you know, it, the biggest one, like we've talked about, is building that uh, common language to drive discussions across the agency. Um, you know, having those meaningful conversations with leadership and their staff uh, in different lines of the business is, is the biggest. I think, you know, anything that enables data-driven decisions and standardization is, is obviously good. Um, I think with a mature TBM framework, I think it makes it easier to create budget proposals and to defend them, um, realign your resources in more effective ways. And I think at the end of the day, you know, what we're really talking about with TBM is better cost accounting. And if you have better cost accounting, you usually have a really good understanding of your cost drivers. And managing costs is, is a lot easier. <clears throat> but I also think, you know, beyond, uh, you know, the organizational perspective, there's also, you know, uh, personal, per personal uh, benefits as well. And part of the reason that I'm on the podcast today and that I wrote the article uh, for the AGA is that I do see this as uh, a unique opportunity for those in the government uh, financial management field. And I do see TBM as potentially um, kind of like a new frontier of accounting, like what managerial and project accounting used to be, where you know the needs of the business uh, creates a, a need that I think accountants are uniquely positioned to, to help with. Because when I think of, of accountants, I think, you know, we're, what we're really good at is translating complex data into something meaningful for management. And if we can do that through uh, the TBM lexicon, I think it has the opportunity to make a real good positive impact um, at, at our various agencies. So, you know, if anyone does have the opportunity to work either directly or indirectly on a TBM initiative, you know, hopefully... You know, this, this quick overview has been helpful for introducing you to what TBM is and seeing how it might impact where you work. Absolutely. Great. A great summary there. And uh, so th with that, I say thank you, Phil. And uh, again, thanks for writing that uh, the article. And I, I, I think you did uh, definitely give us a good, uh, good uh, encouragement to go out and learn more about TBM. And uh, again, appreciate your time today. Hey, no problem. Uh, thank you, Paul. Thanks for having me. That's our show. Thanks for joining us. Check out all our podcasts at agacgfm.org or anywhere you download your podcasts. We might be experimenting soon with a video podcast or two. Hopefully we can get that up and running and uh, that'll be a nice new way for you guys to experience accountability talks. 
So until next time, this is your host, Paul Marshall, signing off for Accountability Talks with AGA. Thank you.